You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, by now, your Bible just should fall open to Galatians. Uh, We've been here for quite a while. We want to welcome you, welcome those joining us on our social media outlets. We're in Galatians chapter 4. Looking through verse 1 through verse 18 in this study. The Galatian Christians, like so many believers, wanted to grow and move their life forward. But they were going the wrong way. Their experience is just like today. As we've now been in this study for six weeks in the past, you, you feel like this letter to the church was written this morning. I mean, you think this was written right where we are. It's addressing what's going on in the church right now. Uh, It's amazing how applicable the Word is to our daily life. And what's happened then and what happens now is people get saved by the grace of God. Then they immediately get caught up in activities trying to earn God's favor. Paul is trying to marry the grace of God with the holiness of God as he writes to the church at Galatia. Paul is trying to put this in order in people's minds. And and when it gets out of order in your mind, you're going to have problems in your life. So we've got to get this in proper perspective and in the proper order. We don't earn God's favor. Okay, let me tell you what that says in the Greek. We don't earn God's favor. God loved us. God so loved us. We have God's favor. You have God's favor. God loves you. His love for you and I, out of His grace, saves us. Then, our response, or out of our salvation, then we want to live a life pleasing to God, obeying Him. We want to do what He says. We want to not do what He says don't do. We want to live according to God's law because we love God. First John talks about this. If you love me, obey my commandments. It's not obey my commandments so I will love you. He already loves you. See, speakers pause for emphasis. He already loves you. Sam Paul, see, God, you don't earn his favor. You're already favored, and he loves you. Now, when I found that out. Then I want to live according to his word, and I want to obey him, and I want to live pleasing to him. But I'm not living obeying him so that hopefully he will love me. Now, and and we've been talking about this. We're not closer to God because we live according to the commandments. See, he chose us, he loved us, so we live according to the commandments. And there is a huge difference there. There is a huge difference. When you understand Galatians and what we've been talking about in these previous six lessons, it changes you. 
It changes you. You no longer think that some big name preacher of some mega church on TV is closer to God than you are. See, you, you don't think that your grandmother who prays every day and every night, my grandmother is closer to God than I... See, you're close to God because of Jesus. You're close to God because of Jesus. And Jesus is the same Jesus for the big-time preacher on TV as he is for you. See, Jesus is the same Jesus for your very religious grandmother... And he's the same Jesus for an alcoholic. He's the same Jesus, and it's he that brings you and I close to God. See, when you understand what Galatians is explaining, you no longer feel like you can't pray. You no longer feel like you're unworthy to approach God. I, I, Tim, I, I need you to pray for me. I'll be glad to pray for you, but why don't you pray yourself? Well, you don't know what I've done. What you've done and what I've done doesn't, access, doesn't open the gates of prayer. Jesus opens the gates of prayer. So it's not what you did or didn't do that opens your... Well, as a matter of fact, Hebrews ten nineteen says, and this is the word it used, we go to God in boldness. You can look up Hebrews 10. It uses that word. We go before the throne of God in boldness. How? Not by what I've done or hadn't done. I go to the throne of God in boldness because of what Jesus did. So when you say, well, Tim, I just, I just, I can't pray. I can't, I just could never go before the God. Would you pray for me? Because I, you don't understand Galatians. Jesus gives me access to God and Jesus gives you access to God. Well, Tim, you're a preacher. I'm just a truck driver. Truck drivers or preachers don't get close to God. Jesus gets both of us close to God. And, and we have to get this. This is the entire concept of Galatians. And, and this changes us when we get a hold of the message of Galatians. Galatians chapter 4. Let's get going. Verse 1. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children... Those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up. Even though they had actually owned everything their father had, they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, Subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child, and since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Wow. That's as good as it gets. That's as good as it gets. Now, there's lots and lots and lots of blessings that go along with being a Christian. There's lots of blessings. 
thousands, tons of blessings. But there's not a better blessing that goes along with being a Christian than that of being adopted. Now, now let's talk about this. The dictionary gives the definition of adopt to take legally into one's own family and to raise as one's own child. That's your relationship with God. I, I don't know. I, I just always thought that adoption was very special. I know I'm sure there's people here that were adopted when you were a child and a, a family raised you. I always thought that was very special because they chose you. How do I know my parents didn't really secretly want a girl and they got stuck with me? You know, how do I know I wasn't not an accident? Here's the deal. There is no accident adoption. Those folks wanted you. Let me tell you something else about it. They didn't have to raise you. So I always looked at adoption as a very special place. These people didn't have to raise you. They didn't have to pay anything for you. They didn't have to pay a large price that adoption fees cost. They just wanted you and they adopted you. And I believe adoption is a very special place in life. And that's what we're talking about. Jesus paid the adoption price. See, Jesus paid the price. God could then adopt us. And then God could send his spirit in us. Now, you're no longer a slave owned by sin. But you are now an adopted child of God. And God made you an heir. Are you kidding me? You talk about good news. Well, what is good news? The good news of the gospel? The good news is you've been adopted. You're an heir to all that God has is now legally mine. God is peace. God is joy. God is love. God is powerful. God is love. On and on and on. All of that is legally mine. And when you live... One day depressed, when you live one day mad or bitter or hurt, or you have allowed the thief to steal what is yours because you're in error. Now, what you've done, and you, well, I've just been hurt. Well, I've been, I'm mad. Well, I'm bitter. Okay, what you've done is you've allowed the thief to steal. The peace that you are an heir to. All of this fussing and yelling in the home, screaming and hollering and throwing things. I'll divorce you. I'll just leave you. Slamming doors and jumping in the car and spinning tires and slinging gravel on the house. And I'm a, and you're an idiot and you're stupid and I hate you. And I'm a, picture. Okay, hold on. Picture this right here. You're in your chair in your living room, or you're at the kitchen table. And you're sitting there. And a thief just walked in the door. Walked over and unplugged your TV. Took it off the wall. Carried it right out and started loading it in the car. You're sitting right there in your living room. Screaming and yelling and hollering at your wife. What you've done is the thief has just come in here. And you're sitting right there. He just undid your TV. Carried it right out and put it in his car. Turned around and came back in the house. You're sitting right there, went into your closet and got all your guns. 
Carried him out in the car. You just sitting right there. Came back in in the kitchen, started loading up all your pots and pans. You just sitting there. See, from my perspective, I can see the redneck coming out in some of you. My God, I can tell you one thing. Ain't no thief, thief come in my house. Some thief come in my house. I can tell you what. I got a gun. I'd blow him through that. I'd blow him through that. I can tell you what I'd do right now. Man come in my house. I pity that man. I'd blow him in pieces. Well, that's funny, Mr. Redneck. That you just sit right there and you let a temper come in and just steal your joy. Well, that's awful funny that you're Mr. Tough Redneck telling me what you'd do if somebody came in your house at night. Oh, really? Well, last night you're screaming and yelling at your wife and kids. Why didn't you do something about the thief that just came? I can tell you, by God, ain't nobody come in my house. Well, what about last week? You just got drunk. How come you didn't get all bowed up and run the thief out? So we sit right there in our house and allow our, the thief to come in and steal what is legally mine. i tell you right now, I'd bite, I'd kick, I'd scream. A rapist grabbed me, he'd think he grabbed a tiger. I'd be biting his ear, I'd kick, I'd pull. I'd... Don't, don't tell me what all you'd do if someone grabbed you. Because here's the facts. You're a weenie and you'd sit right there and do nothing. And you just allow yourself to be abused, stolen from. How do I know that? Because you do it every day. You just allow the thief come and just steal your joy. Just load it up in his car and drive off, and you didn't do one thing about it. Why don't you bow up on the thief and say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, you get out of this house, and don't make me get up out of this chair. See, if you're such a big bowed up redneck, why don't you bow up on the thief and say, hold on. Hold on, temper. You're not, well, hold on, spirit of alcohol. You're not coming on me right now. You just get back out of here. Don't make me get out of this chair. I'm, are you hearing me? See, you, 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 you bow up on a thief who is going to come into my house and steal my joy, steal my peace, steal my having a wonderful day. And in fact, is. Here's what happens. The thief comes in and gets all your guns, and you're just sitting there watching him load all your stuff up. He comes back in, and you go, oh, yeah, by the way, in the third drawer over there, I've got some cash. Oh, yeah, while you're in here stealing my joy, just go ahead and get my peace while you're here. And while you've got my temper and you've stolen my peace, why don't you just get my bitterness and just get me all joy? See, over in that third drawer, while you're in here, by the way, I've got some jewelry upstairs. It's in the second drawer from the top over there on the right. Don't forget that jewelry. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, we're not going to sit here. I'm an heir to everything that God has. Now, I'm not going to sit here and allow a thief to carry out the peace and the joy, and the happiness, and the blessings that God's given me in my life. Okay, let's scan. Verse 1 through 3, a child of slavery. Verse 4 and 5, Jesus, God's son, paid the price for you so that God could adopt you. Verse 6 and 7, you're adopted by God. His spirit is in you. You're an heir. You are an heir to what? 
you are an heir to the God kind of life. Stop letting the God kind of life be stolen from you by anybody. Not anybody is going to steal the God kind of life from me. Not anybody and not anything is going to steal the God kind of life from me because I've been adopted and I'm an heir and I have the God kind of life given to me. And that's Romans 8 says this, nothing will separate me from his goodness. See, nothing is going to separate, not you, not them, not her, not it, not Noah. Nothing is going to separate me from God's goodness because I read it. I wish I had a rich dad. Well, just to let you know, Psalms 50.10 says your dad owns cattle on a thousand hills. He's pretty well off. The guy that's adopted you is pretty well off. We just got to know Galatians. We have to know our position in Christ. And you just say it, because I say it every day. I'm going to have what belongs to me. I'm going to have what belongs to me. And I'm going to have the God kind of life because I read that it belongs to me. Don't y'all hold me up. Let's move. Verse 8. Before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to the so-called gods that don't even exist. So now that you know God, or should I say now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? You're trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months or seasons or years. I fear for you. Perhaps all my hard work with you was for nothing. Come on, you didn't earn any of this before you even knew God You were slaves. You were enslaved to sin. God paid the price for you. He's adopted you. And then Paul says, did you hear anything I told you? I I fear. I fear that all my telling you this is for nothing. You know what? Right now, I totally understand what Paul's saying. I told you you were free. I told you you were an heir. And then tomorrow morning, you woke up and you were depressed. Did I waste my time on Wednesday night? You woke up on Thursday morning and you were mad or you were worried. Did did I waste my time here? Verse 11, everything I'm telling you, is that for nothing? All right, verse 12. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from these things. For I have become like you Gentiles, free from those laws. You did not mistreat me when I first preached to you. Surely you remember that I was sick when I first brought you the good news. But even though in my condition tempted you to reject me, you did not despise me or turn me away. No, you took me in and you cared for me as though I were an angel from God or even Christ Jesus himself. Where is that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then? I'm sure you would have taken out your own eyes and given it to me if it had been possible. Have I now become your enemy because I'm telling you the truth? Those false teachers are so eager to win your favor But their intentions are not good. They're trying to shut you off from me so that you will pay attention only to them. If someone is eager to do good things for you, that's all right. But let them do them all the time, not just when I'm with you. Paul here is a real spiritual father balancing a rebuke with love. He turns from spanking them to loving them and embracing them. And then... I read over this the other day about this 
sickness or this illness that Paul had sounded a whole lot like COVID to me. Because they were tempted to quarantine him for 14 days. And they didn't. You know, they just took him in. They weren't even worried about catching it. Evidently, they didn't watch 24-7 news. They didn't freak out because somebody was sick. They just took him in, took care of him. And they kept taking their vitamins and exercising. And they figured they'd be okay. Here's a sick guy. I'm going to reach out to him. He said, look, thank you all for not quarantining me. Thank you for not making me wear a mask. Thanks for just taking me in. Verse 17. I don't know if he might have had COVID. It doesn't say he didn't. Verse 17. Those false teachers are so eager to win your favor. But their intentions are not good. Okay, since the beginning of the church, there's always people in the church that are trying to win your favor, but their intentions are not good. How about all of our TC men in the back? Come on, y'all holler out. Back here. Here we go. Our church is so blessed. We got men from... Teen Challenge that come to sit under the Word with us. Some 50 men come having their whole life turned, changed, set free, new direction in their life. Guys, we're glad to have you. We're glad to have you guys here. I want all of you guys from TC, I want you to read verse 17 with me. There's always those guys that are eager to win your favor... But I want y'all to look in your scripture. Their intentions are not good. Galatians chapter 4, verse 17. There's always folks in and around Teen Challenge that'll come through there. And here's what I want you to know. Their intentions are not good. They're not good. They're trying to win your favor. And listen to me now, guys. There are those that are trying to shut you off of what God could do in your life while you're there at Teen Challenge. Now, let me just tell you, TC's not perfect. The teachers there are not perfect. The leadership there is not perfect. And anybody at any time can find a fault with the program. Anybody at any time can find a fault with the center there. Anybody at any time can find fault the structure or the leadership of Teen Challenge and how they didn't handle this right. But here's what I want you men to know. I've lived right here my whole life. And I watched that center open almost, I guess, 40 years ago. Men, I want you to know this. Teen Challenge has been right there on Walnut Valley Road for 40 years. And thousands of men have come through there and had their life changed. And yours can be changed, too, if you won't listen to people whose intentions are not good. And there's folks who want, oh, I tell you, I can't believe he did this, I can't believe he did that, that are undermining the leadership there and will keep you from getting what God has for you if you listen to people whose intentions are not good. There's wrong people. Criticizing Teen Challenge program, criticizing the leadership there. Here's my encouragement to you men. Don't you let anybody keep you from getting what God has for you to get in that Teen Challenge program. Don't you let it happen. Don't you let it happen. It's a great ministry. 
Teen Challenge is a great ministry, and let me tell you this, it's not a perfect ministry. It's not, it's not a perfect ministry. There are people there. And anybody can sit as an armchair quarterback and criticize a decision or how it was handled, and maybe it was handled wrong. Maybe it was handled wrong. But if you lock in there and commit your life to there and not get pulled away by people who don't have good intentions, you'll have your whole life changed. I want to encourage you. You get what you came there to get. Don't let anybody deceive you. While I'm into it, church, might as well get a dose of it too. Don't you let anybody around here. And this church has got them. We got them. We got them, and you know them. It's subtle. Telling you what's wrong with Christian Ministries Academy. Telling you what's wrong with this church. People in this church telling you what's wrong with Leaders Academy. Don't listen to their agenda. Don't listen to their hurt. Don't listen to their criticism. You see fruit for yourself. This church is absolutely not perfect. Everybody can find the flaws. You're not going to believe this, but our staff meets on a weekly basis to talk about our own flaws. We start our staff meeting out with, what about yesterday? What did we do wrong on Sunday? Our staff talks about what we did wrong, what we, mistakes we made, what can we do to improve. Every Monday, we sit around a table and talk about what we did wrong. You're not the only one talking about what we did wrong. We're talking about what we did wrong. But here's the difference. Our intentions are good. There are people who want to tell you what's, runs Christian Ministries Academy down, and their intentions are not good. Their intentions are to pull, are you, let, verse 17, they're so eager to win your favor. See, they want you agreeing with them. They want to win your favor, but you can underline this. Their intentions are not good. Now, here's what you need to know. For 47 years, this church has been right here, have an impact in people's lives. Write this down. Everybody write this down. Never look at criticism. Always look at fruit. R write that down in your notes and then underline that. Maybe with an ink pen, write it on your hand where you can read it all day tomorrow. Never look at criticism. Always look at fruit. People that criticize me to you, come and talk to me. I can criticize me a whole lot more than they can. I know a whole lot more about me than they do. You just heard one or two bad things about me. I can feel your ear full of bad things about me. Let's look at the fruit. Over the last 40 years, what are we doing? Over the last 40 years, what are we producing? This church was here before they were even born. We were here doing this before they were even born. So why are you going to get sucked? See, there are people whose intentions are not good. That's why you don't look at criticism in life. You look at fruit. You teen challenge men, don't ever listen to criticism. Let criticism, let's look at the fruit. And over 40 years, teen challenge has borne a tremendous amount of fruit in men's lives. 
I want to look at that fruit, not at the criticism of this leader or that leader in one decision they made. Absolutely. You can find negative with Christian Ministries Academy. You can find a criticism of our teachers. We've been looking for perfect teachers, hadn't been able to find them. You can criticize the administration. You can criticize decisions. You can criticize handling issues. But for the past 40 years, Christian Ministries Academy has been here producing tremendous fruit in people's lives. Training, teaching, imparting, impacting. Now, you can choose to benefit or you can withdraw and criticize. You men can benefit from Teen Challenge Program or you can withdraw and criticize it for the rest of your miserable life. Somebody withdraw leave the program, and go back into the wonderful drug-filled life that you had before you came there. Well, come on. Come on, church. We're just talking. It's just, we're just talking here among ourselves. It's the way it is. You can benefit or you can withdraw and criticize. 2,000 years ago, people around the church at Galatia had people there that their intentions were not good. And right here today... We still have people in the church whose intentions are not good. And they want to criticize Teen Challenge Program. They want to criticize Christian Ministries Academy. They want to criticize the different pastors here of the church. They w- Verse 17, don't allow them to shut you off of what God has for you. That is the tragedy of the whole thing. You start listening to critics, and so you withdraw from a program that could save your very life. See, you listen to critics, and you withdraw from a church that if you stayed plugged in 20 years from now, you'd be a totally different person. So you can't withdraw because you got sucked in by those people that are wanting to gain your favor. Don't let that happen to you. Here's what we're doing in these Bible studies. This is what all of Scripture, it's all about. We read 2 Timothy chapter 3 a lot. It tells us exactly what we're doing here in this verse-by-verse study. The Scripture is useful to teach us what's true and to make us realize what's wrong. I didn't know it. I got sucked into what was wrong. I didn't know it. I didn't know it. I came to Teen Challenge. This program was really helping me. I was doing good. And then I started listening to these two guys that were mad and disgruntled and hurt. And I got to listen to them. And I started listening to them. And I started, and wait a minute, what happened? I thought this was a great place. I thought I was getting changed. What happened? See, the scripture will make you realize what's wrong. Scripture will correct you when you're wrong. And the scripture will teach you what is right. That's why we have to stay close to God's Word because there's always false people out here whose intentions are not good and who want to lead us the wrong way. And all of us have got to, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, I got to watch out. I'm telling you, you're an heir. You are an heir to the God kind of life. And I'm not sitting here in my living room and allowing the thief to come in and steal 
what legally belongs to me through adoption. Y'all stand. Lord, tonight we honor you and we say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word that corrects us when we're wrong, that gets our thinking straight, that pulls us back in line. We give you thanks. Now, Lord, tonight we honor you. I want all of our church to turn around. I want you to extend your hand to these men in Team Challenge. I want you to extend your hand. Now, right now, everybody in here, Holy Spirit, we loose the ministry that you walk in. Reveal truth to these men. Set them free. Change their life. Father, we're believing you for a miracle in these men's life in their months in this program. Lord, set them free. Set them free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, right now, I speak power and wisdom over all the leadership. I speak your anointing over the staff. Lord, I speak the power and presence of your spirit over the leadership at Team Challenge as they lead these men into all that you have for them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. All right, hold on now. We're not done. All of you men, extend your hand to all of these folks right here. Come on, extend your hand. Come on, men, join me in prayer. Right now, we loose the ministry of your Holy Spirit on this congregation of people. And Lord, we're believing you. We're believing you. We stand against the thief that wants to steal peace and steal joy from homes, family, marriages. Come on, men, you at TC, y'all pray over these men and women that are in this church here. Pray over this church. Come on, loose the ministry of the Holy Spirit in this church. Holy Spirit, you touch the members of this church in a supernatural way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com. 